Now and then they roared at each other with their engines, supposedly to keep them warm and ready to advance, but in reality they were psyching each other like boxers before the big fight. Somewhere beyond the wall, networks of British and American and French and West German secret agents had been caught napping. None, to my knowledge, had forecast the event, and now they would have to live with their lack of success. Many of them probably had other allegiances anyway. Others would become what are called stay-behind agents, who would henceforth have to communicate by means of hidden radios and prearranged methods of secret writing set up for just this eventuality. With the wall, the espionage industry was going to become more clandestine, more perilous, more questionable, and certainly more overcrowded than ever before. What the Soviet agents thought, those who were now stuck in West Germany, I can only imagine. But, of course, they were not really stuck, merely condemned to greater inconveniences in the administration of their secret lives. And the wall stayed up. It was strengthened and heightened. It was protected by mined strips and earth brushed so fine you could trace a rabbit's paws across it. Occasionally someone climbed over it or crashed through it or dug under it or made himself a glider and flew over it. There is a whole long history of tales of daring do, and all those men and women who succeeded in escaping were heroes, perhaps because they were so few, certainly because they were so brave. Reading today's news from East Germany, those who remember the war can draw a direct line between the heroism of the few and the approaching liberation of the many. Our Western propaganda was in that sense entirely true. The East German regime was indeed hated by those it governed. The escapers were the vanguard of what is now a great popular army, and almost every accusation that was leveled against the corrupt barons of the East German leadership turns out to have been justified, which perhaps makes my novel the more chilling. What prompted me to write it? Where did the notion spring from? Oh, at this distance, almost any answer is likely to be tendentious. I know that I was deeply unhappy in my professional and personal life, and that I was enduring the extremes of loneliness and personal confusion. Perhaps some of that solitude and bitterness found its way into Aleglemus. I know that I wanted to be in love, and that my own past and my own inwardness made this impossible. So perhaps the barbed wire and the machinations of the plot did duty for other obstacles that stood between myself and freedom. I'd been poor too long. I was drinking a lot. I was beginning to doubt, in the deepest of ways, the wisdom of my choice of job. The familiar process of embracing an institution and fighting my way clear of it was taking over my relationship to my marriage and to my work. And staring at the wall was like staring at frustration itself, and it touched an anger in me that found its way into the book. In interviews at the time, I'm sure I said none of this. Perhaps I was still too much the spy, or perhaps I didn't know myself well enough to understand that by telling an ingenious tale, I was making some kind of bitter order out of my own chaos. Certainly, I never wrote that way again. 
And for a while, the smart thing to say of me was that I was a one-book man, that the spy who came in from the cold was a grand fluke, and all the rest was aftercare. The book that followed it, The Looking Glass War, being much nearer to the reality and pain I had experienced, was dismissed by British critics as boring and unreal. And perhaps it was, for I don't remember a single kindly British voice. But the acclaim for the spy had been so great that I was in for a hiding anyway and knew it. My marriage broke up. I went through most of the withdrawal symptoms that fame instills in writers, even if they pretend it doesn't. I found a new wise wife and put myself together. I'd survived after all. I had no more excuses for not writing as well as I could, for not going each time to the edge of my talent and seeing what was or wasn't beyond. But of course, I will never forget the time when a disgusting gesture of history...